Welcome, listeners, to the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com, the official website of me, the internet, Sean Baby, and my hot dog partner, Hot Robert Brockway. <laughs> I'm the hottest Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. I once conducted an elaborate heist to steal the answer to who Carly Simon's You're So Vain was about. And no follow-up question. Uh, fuck! Our special guest is senior editor of a worldwide webpage called Cracked.com, Rad Logan Trent. Rad Logan, get ready. You're in the dog zone. Hot dog fact for me, I actually won a hot dog eating challenge once. Whoa. Oh, yeah. shit. Are we allowed, you're the host now. <laughs> are we allowed follow-up questions to yours? Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, what, what city did it take place in? This was in Chicago, and it was some random oh. just hot dog thing. I didn't even know they were having no. it. I was just broke and hungry, and I went for a hot dog, and they had a thing where if you bought this $20 hot dog that was the equivalent of like 10 hot dogs in one and mm-hmm. ate it within 20 minutes, you got it for free. And I did, and I immediately regretted it. I was just laying out <laughs> the whole day, just moaning. It was not Was cool. it down was it, to uh, the wire? Oh, sorry, no, it's your turn for a really. follow-up question. Yeah, I was just, I chiseled through that fucker, like in 15 minutes. It was not good, though. It was, I, I don't even need the extra five. So, yeah. Was it uh, like everything in Chicago? Was it Italian style? Did they put some sort of marinara on it? No, I got to choose and I was like, I'm just going with mustard because I'm not stupid enough to add the rest of these that I usually would because I'll yeah. die. <laughs> so. You don't want like 400 calories worth of relish. Yeah, no, no one eats relish. that much neon relish and that many dill pickles in one sitting. So in uh, Vegas, I like to go down to the to the crappy end of the street, like with Circus Circus, and uh, you can get like hot dogs at almost every place that are like not 20, 20 hot dogs in one, but like ten ish hot dogs in one for like forty nine cents, and they become so dong like at that size, like it no longer <laughs> looks like a food; it looks like like a hilarious dildo hot dogs. And, <laughs> right. And they'll put chili on it. And I, I, it's gotta be 6,000 calories for 49 cents. And, and yeah. so, you know, you're also, you can't move for the rest of the day. Uh, you, but I still do it. Most times I go to Vegas. Um, when they brought mine out, it had to be, you know, like a, you know, like a takeout tray at like Taco Bell or something like that. They had yeah, to put it, bring tray. it out on two of those lengthwise. <laughs> That's how long it was. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like when you call the manufacturing plant, it's like, hey, we need something that'll hold a hot dog this big. They're like, fuck you. We'll make you two small ones and you'll just like it. Like, mm-hmm. All right, whatever. No one's going to order this anyway. Logan, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I should say Rad Logan. We Let's try to get that nickname to stick. Uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at the Logan Trent. And I say this on all of our friends' podcasts, but leave a review for this podcast and our friend podcast because that always really yeah. helps out. Doesn't matter if it's like Apple or whatever podcast thing you're listening to. So that's yeah. very nice. We'll cut up. We'll cut all that part. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the start of the show, I'm going to ask you both the same question I ask everyone. If you were a character from the 1989 movie Major League, who would it be? I'll go first. I'm Dennis Haysbert because my ancient voodoo gods won't let me hit a curveball. Logan? Jobu. You're the actual voodoo god. You're yes. the god. Wow. Well, <laughs> then I have you to blame for me not hitting a curveball. I do not exactly. remember the names. Who's the guy that steals everything? Willie Mays Hayes. Because <laughs> I am the guy that steals everything. Yeah, that's what I'm And I'm playing him because I steal everything. <laughs> 
You got a lot of style and a lot of flash. You're very fast. No, I just steal. I steal everything. Also, at certain well, points in your life, you've been played by Omar Epps. So, mm-hmm. right. and will be again. Competently, but he's no Wesley Snipes. Sorry, Omar. No. Uh, Wesley today Snipes. Today we're talking about. Oh, go ahead. Just because I well, we had this time. conversation earlier today, Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. is he the most athletic-looking person who's bad at sports? Because when you watch, <laughs> have you seen white men can't jump? He cannot fucking play basketball. It's incredible how better, bad he is at it. <laughs> he's better than Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson throws the flattest two-handed jump shot that just should never go into the hoop. Yeah, um, but at least he can but, dribble. <laughs> like, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Wesley All of he, that movie magic works completely on me. A person who knows nothing about it and has never been good at any sport. I just watch like their editing and I'm like, holy shit. These guys are amazing. Your anorexic malnutrition. Tapeworm have an overdose. Dick Gregor behind me and die drinking ass up. <laughs> I uh, should not have been surprised by it. I the fact that, that you know that. I watched that movie so many times when I was a kid. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, now Sorry. I want to just talk about White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, that was just White, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> white Man Can't Jump. We're going to talk about um, another 80s movie uh, because that's what all the best movies are. 1986 is rad. Uh, Logan, now, this did is not you the first hold on? Time. Did you plan it this way that uh, on the VHS tape for Rad, there's an ad for uh, Dirt Bike Kid, and then vice versa? I believe. I I did not. I think we were doing the Dirt Bike Kid episode, and I thought, you know, what we ought to do is Rad, <laughs> and uh, I texted. Yeah, uh, one of Logan these movies it, is a preview. Like, oh hell him. yeah! <laughs> so we are now right. just following like the progression of the tape right. on our podcast. Our but podcast is have... now the complete tape of the Dirt Bike Kid. <laughs> That's what we are going for. It's it, this is a culmination of so much artistic effort to get to this point. Um, congratulations to us, I guess. But Logan, you've seen this movie before, right? We didn't introduce you to to Rad. I saw it like last year with uh, Tom and Dave, and it was the first time mm-hmm. I'd ever seen it. And I really looked forward to watching it again. So I'm glad I got to watch it a second time. <laughs> it is an experience. Now, is, yes, it's a fantastic movie. This is um, a story about my childhood. I uh, moved out uh, when I was 17. I was still in high school. And I had my own place. And me and my roommate wired 13 TVs to each other so they could all play the same movie. And we had these grand plans to have these giant movie parties. And so we started throwing movie parties. But we basically would just have our entire high school come into our house and just rage. No one would pay attention to the movies. <laughs> and I was like, God, oh, this is just not working until the time we put rad in and fucking everyone was riveted. Like 80 people just watching all these TVs scattered about cheering for the movie rad. It's the most crowd pleasing movie that's ever been. And I, I like that you it. throw a bitch and party and are like, this isn't working. <laughs> 80 <laughs> people were, are here having a blast. Everybody funny. loves me. I live in the fucking hideout from like a teen gang movie in the 80s with my 13 TVs wired to each other. That's uh, exactly it's not working. What it was like, yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I was living the high life, but like it did not go according to plan. I really uh, wanted to watch movies. And then, of course, we get crazy, but uh, we started it crazy. And then I'm just cleaning the entire next day. But um, or not. I didn't really clean the house. It just became more and more of a junkyard as 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 time passed. But let's talk more about Rad. Uh, this was directed by Hal Needham, who was a stuntman turned director. Uh, I was doing research for this movie and you guys might have seen this because it's right on IMDb. Uh, he helped design a rocket car in the 70s that he claims was the first car to break the sound barrier on land. Uh, 
but break the sound barrier. <laughs> yes, this was not verified. <laughs> and in fact, I looked it up. Uh, it, it didn't actually happen until 1997, and a different group of people did that. They they broke the sound barrier. But like, I didn't even was, know that people did that. I would have assumed that was not possible. That sounds like he, he the exact really type of lie that a person named Hal Needham would come up with. Yes, exactly. He Hal Needham movie stuntman. Wasn't he uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit? Wasn't he like Burt Reynolds stuntman? Yeah, he did every single, was he directed he every single Burt Reynolds movie. Yeah, yeah, he directed Hooper. And okay. I'm sure he was in it. Yeah. Probably crashing through something or driving something. Uh, Smoking the Bandit 1 and 2, Cannonball Run 1 and 2, Stroker Ace, which is a real solid movie. Cannonball Run is... Th- just the best series of movies. <laughs> yeah. Great idea for a movie. I was, uh, Jackie Chan was in Cannonball Run too. Um, yeah. And like, that's a extremely racist thing. Yeah. yeah he was, <laughs> Even for the eighties. He was a Japanese guy in a super like, in a super Japan Japanese car. car. Yeah. It was. Cheating um, and knowing Kung Fu. He was every, like, you just mashed together Asian stereotypes. Yeah. No one, no one should ever do that. God damn it. <laughs> Look, I, we cannot. You're not allowed. <sighs> we lost told, Logan. We Logan. got two. We got a soundboard with two sound effects, and it. it's completely destroyed the podcast. That's not true. <laughs> there are three. Uh, All right, there's three now. Did you uh, give me my slide whistle at least? I didn't get a slide whistle. The Fucking, next show. It was the only thing I asked for. Yeah. Well, the, I betrayed you. The boing is appropriate because there's numerous times during Rad where that sound effect needed to be in play. 100%. Yeah. This movie absolutely could have used a, a few good boings. Uh, <laughs> I, I, let's see who else is in this movie. They got um, Lori Laughlin, who um, was Aunt Becky on Full House, of course, and who's now more famous probably for, for getting arrested and doing two months in jail for that college admission scandal. And, the uh, whitest her crime up and imaginable. Rob. Yeah. Who would get? She's like the first person to get arrested for that shit. She's like, Not how, only that, how bad do you have to be at it? The thing that she lied about her kids doing was fucking crew rowing, which is the whitest sport to lie. Oh about. Yeah. yeah, the whitest thing you could pick too. It's them and the big lie. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a, it's a very um. You got to be an incompetent criminal to be a wealthy like TV star married to like a, a fashion icon. I get Massimo, I don't know if that's a fashion icon. He was when White Men Can't Jump came out. But like uh, to get to get arrested is is it's just unthinkable. I don't know. It's like being a president getting arrested for tax fraud. It seems like you could do it, but who would ever prosecute that? Somebody must yeah. have fucking hated Lori Laughlin. Uh, and I argue that they wouldn't have if they'd seen Rad, because she's fucking adorable in this film. Yeah, um, she's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the other guy I like in this movie a lot is the Sarge Sergeant Smith, who plays the cop. Uh, that guy is, is the Karnov of Mike Hagar's. Yes, he's like, the he's Karnov like of two, Mike Hagar's. He's two seconds away from ripping his shirt off and running for mayor of that town, and then just cleaning <laughs> up the streets of crime. <laughs> I he can play a wide range. That went on his IMDb, and he played several characters named like Abdul. Like, I guess a lot of people look at him and says, we're going to lean way into the Karnov side of this dude. He played and Pat Roach once. He had to have played Pat Roach once. Uh, and vice versa. <laughs> yes. They had to have conducted uh, that guy, switch switch partners twin scam at some point. He played a guy named Moonface in Police Story. Oh, and um, a, <clears throat> he played a guy named Tiger Man in Buck Rogers. 
uh, I actually know him from Jackie Chan's first American movie called The Big Brawl or Battle Creek Brawl, whatever. Uh, he played a guy called Kiss, and his gimmick was that he'd grab them and then give them a very passionate mouth kiss before he finished. And I'm not. Oh, well, it's a good thing like he was named that. Yeah, it's it's a perfect name. Uh, really didn't and, have many options. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love I love him. He's great. Uh, Talia Shire, who of course played Rocky's wife, uh, Adrian. She was in this movie. Uh, made a lot of strange acting choices. I guess we'll get into as we get into the movie. Uh, but yeah, let's get started talking about um, the plot of Rad. So it takes um, at least a good 10 minutes to get into the plot of Rad because the first 10 minutes are just fucking montages. It's so long. It's so long. It's so and many it's montages. Like, it's montages of like kids bouncing on BMX bikes, but in a really abstract way that's like not framed correctly or they're just like flying into the screen against a blue sky with sunshine and electric guitars and piano it's, riffs. And it, I like swear Instagram to God, if it's not girlfriend. 10 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's oddly beautiful in a yeah. very shallow way. So yeah, Instagram girlfriend. It's basically, yeah. Don't, Instagram don't come at me, Instagram laugh, people. BMX. <laughs> yes, it's, it's beautiful art. Um, this to, is set art. to... Set to what I'd say is a fucking 10 out of 10 song called Break the Ice by uh, John Farnham, who is an Australian teen idol. Um, anyway, they play this song, I want to say, five times in the movie. I might... And the remaining 15 times are thunder in your heart. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and one send me an very, angel. yeah, one very once, erotic scene once. to send me an angel. <laughs> yeah, they only use it once, but by God, they use it. Oh, hell yeah. We're going to have so, a big um, talk about that scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. It might be just that scene. I mean, if we yeah. want to stick to a, an hour podcast, which hilariously we're probably not going to. But I, if I we were going to, it could it be just be that scene. Send me an angel. But let's go through this part. We'll cut it all. Jamie, go ahead and just cut everything we say until we get to the send me the angel part. Um, so our hero's a paper boy, and that's how he learned how to do all of his BMX tricks, because he just fucks around on his route. He trespasses. He, he like just pelts people with newspapers. The opening is literally the video game Paperboy, but in movie form. Yeah. Like it even has the backing out station wagon thing. Yes. The, uh, I think I wrote down all of his shenanigans. Let me go through them real quick. Okay. He delivers a paper to two men in a boat fishing in the middle of a lake. Yep. He delivers he a paper. As if, of, of course, everybody just takes it for granted. This is what you do. He delivers a paper to a fire truck with its sirens on, on its way to a fire. I have a theory so on that. Yeah, what's I, your theory on that? Because what the fuck is that? I obviously think he started the fire. Like and he, he does, does every, every morning. Every yes. morning. Because they were on call. They were responding to a fire. And he had his arm out before he even saw him. He was just like, I yep. get the paper now. We're responding to a fire. Uh, he rides a garbage truck while it lifts a dumpster over a fence. Like it's a yep. vital part of his route. He rides his bike through a store while a man holds the door open to him. But the man hates it is clearly like, ah, yeah, I hate God doing damn this. it. So why do you, why are you holding the door open? For? Would he just bash through it and destroy your door every day? <laughs> and finally he whips it at a grumpy old man in a full tweed suit who says, the world would be a lot better off without kids. <laughs> for you know, those you who have one not seen me it, out. Uh, that's the teacher who curses out Spicoli in Fast Times. Right. Yeah. Um, what else? He was in Ski Patrol. He was Pops in Ski Patrol. 
He's yeah, the no. official grumpy old man in the 80s. That's true. Uh, uh, you skipped the one where he flirts with a little girl. I didn't like that one. There's this like eight-year-old and he's like, hey, good looking. Oh, and obviously, I am, that was obviously friendly. It's all good fun, but like didn't like it. It's just a... a it's just how the tone shifts from, from that never, time to now. He never stops moving long enough for it to be a sex crime. Correct. This that's that's not, the rule. If you if you don't stop moving. This is not it's the not most like disturbing scene involving a little girl in this film, just for future warning yeah. listeners, because yeah, some your, shit yeah. comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with that. Um so this is, uh, in the 80s, this was a good guy. This is how you showed the audience. Our guy's fun. He commits several crimes. But they're all There's a lot of people. They're all pretty fun. Um, most people are annoyed by him. But like, fuck those old people. They just don't know how to party, right? Like, oh, you bought some coffee? You wanted to drink it? Fuck you. Your coffee's on the sidewalk. Red! <laughs> so now we cut to a town council meeting. And they're meeting about Helltrack. And uh, Duke Best is the, the main villain. And wait, the main villain is an evil bicycle manufacturer, right? It should uh, be stated that this is a movie about BMXing and an evil bicycle corporation. Yeah, it's very villain. confusing That's because this guy is like sponsored by Mongoose Bikes, which is a real bike company. So it's a real why bike is company. He the bad guy in the movie, <laughs> and everything they do is cartoonishly evil. Everybody yeah. that runs. Could you not, was there not a law preventing you from just doing libel? Because I have a feeling they approached Mongoose Bikes to like sponsor this and they said no. And they're like, oh, fuck you then. Yeah. Well, guess we have the best guess we're taking down big bike this time. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because um, every single character concern, motivation and plot development has to do with BMX bikes. And here they are in the meeting and they're like, hey, we've got Helltrack. It's a bike race coming to town and the ta- it's going to be great for the town for tourism and all that. And then some lady stands up and her only problem with it is that, hey, what about our local kids and their bike racing? Yeah, and this whole town, this whole town yeah, turns on BMX. This town's economy bike is racing. BMX. Like, yes. <laughs> it's not, to be yeah. clear, it's not the town where like this factory is. It's not like a factory town where they, it's just some random town they went to out in the middle of the forest that, that or in the middle of the fields that just loves BMXs. Everybody yeah. here. Yeah. It was a, a logging town, I guess, is, seems to be the it's, main industry. It's and too... It's shifted to BMXing. Now it's BMXing. It's, now it's a BMX this town. town loves BMX like the Valley and Karate Kid loves martial arts. Just yes, inexplicably. Just entirely about it. Entirely about this. <laughs> but this lady's suggestion, hey, what about our kids and their racing, makes the evil BMX guy say, okay, fine. We'll add a qualifying round so the local bike racers can try to get a spot in our you know national race and so that's the plot of our movie also Um, should be mentioned that the grumpy old man from the start is on this council he will be a major character and his grumpiness mm -hmm. will be a major plot point and uh in his full tweed suit being an 80 year old man he rides a bmx bike around because he is a big time bmx track designer Mm -hmm. that that's just the the understanding (laughs) Yeah, of how the world works. Like this must love- be somebody. Did you notice how when you described him, every element of it involved the bike? That's because this is a really tightly written movie. Did Hal Needham also write this? Because like somebody, <laughs> I can picture him having this understanding of the world that like, well, if you like something, there's that. That's your whole world. Like, mm-hmm. right? You're going to write something about BMX, and well, it takes place in BMX town, and our our main character is uh, Johnny BMX. 
He's got to fight right. the evil BMX corporation. Uh, got the a, a BMX bike race. <laughs> got to have a, a bike love scene, of course. Mm-hmm. His love interest is a, is a lady biker. His enemies are uh, enemy bikers. <laughs> this is the most BMX that has ever happened. That has Easily. to be. Yeah. There's no way to do more than this. This is the apex of BMX. Yes. Yeah. And uh, here's where we establish that bicycles are better than motorcycles because the uh, cop uh, shows up. Matt to, Roach. Yes, Matt Roach from, from Conan, the destroyer, show, and Barbarian, shows up while they're reading about BMX bikes. That like The main character and his two friends are reading bicycle magazines in their home, and he shows up in his motorcycle in a real home, which way. is a shed, which is like an abandoned shed yeah, but that they have what? turned into a bicycle meetup place. And you can tell that because they have hung a sign on the wall that says bicycles. Yeah. What was this? Because like he has a home that he lives in with Talia Shire, who's this his is their, like, also they have an abandoned hangout. shed in a lumber yard that looks like an active yumber, lumber yard because he starts yeah. riding. His yeah, bike it is. <laughs> so and they've, well, they've taken ordinances. You have to allow a bicycle shed uh, on this the is, premise. In what do you do? It's confiscate offices whenever needed. So yep. Yeah. You they hung the sign that says bicycles. This is a bicycle shed now. <laughs> uh, it's called an eminent bicycle domain. It's in yeah. it's in most BMX towns ordinances. So uh, the cop shows up just to sort of have a nice chase. Like he's not there to arrest them, as far as I can tell. He wants to test his motorcycle skills against their BMX skills, and. Right. Uh, he does this by trying to race a big fat uh, fucking Harley around a lumber yard in the dirt, and it does not go super great for him for some reason. Yep. It's just there's so many see there's so many parts of this little montage chase scene where anyone could have just died. Imagine having to explain that later on of just like, well, you know, I was chasing him and he did a backwards flip off of a 15 foot high lumber pile as, as he does every day when we do this. Yeah. As he does every why, single day when we do why, this. Why were you yeah. chasing him? Ma'am, I chase your son all day, every day. What because it's crime? fun. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have crimes. In fact, uh, when you take when you have a warrant on someone in this world, it only lasts for 40 minutes. And if you can't catch them in that 40 minutes, then all crimes are free. It's so great. I just, I love the, the entire system of logic that it's built on where we're doing a movie about BMX. What's it about? I don't know. Fucking everything is BMX. <laughs> Yeah. Doctors are BMX yeah. doctors. The two red stunts over the tables. <laughs> um, I have in my notes here, Talia Shire. And that's all it says, just with exclamation points, because he goes back home to his mom and uh, she's like, hey, you need to take your SATs. And he's like, oh, mom, there's a there's a bike race that day. And that's like now that's the conflict. That's the stakes, because there's just the one day you can take your SATs. I, I want and- to pause on because you skipped over her introduction, which was. Her being super exhausted, taking groceries out of the back of a beat up mm-hmm. station wagon all by herself, which is the most efficient. You could say this is a mom in an 80s movie. Yeah. Like it's... she's just beleaguered from the start. Her character trait is beleaguered. Yeah. Hal Needham yeah. said, there's no bikes in this part. Hurry it the fuck up. Make it <laughs> she, more efficient. She has kind of a beat up station wagon vibe. Like she oh is God. the beat up station wagon of women. This you... woman brings... The, the, she's burdened with the sadness of a thousand World War I widows. It's just so much, so much despair she brings to this And role. she is a widow, of course. She's uh-huh. a widow. Uh, divorce might not exist, but every father is, is dead from, I am assuming, BMX accidents. 
BMX related at the crimes. BMX plant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she wants him to go to college and he's like, oh, I got to do the fucking qualifying race. Uh, and he leaves to go practice bike backflips. Uh, and he, he can't do it. That's, that's part of his character arc is he can't do a backflip or I guess they call it air walking. He can't do it. Um, so we're moving right along. We're now having a BMX bike parade. We have skipped and- over one little detail, which is that the sister pipes up when he's, uh, explaining that the qualifying round for this race for hell track is the same day he has to take up his his makeup SATs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she spoils that fact for him, so he throws her in the garbage and closes the lid and then seals it tight. And when they end the scene, they cut back to her not having been let out of the garbage by the mother or the brother, and she just goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Again, so they just they just do this. This Again, is her life. Not the worst thing that happens to this child <laughs> Again, in this. But it film. sets. If we yeah. want to get this poor girl free from this abusive environment, we have to prove that there is a pattern. Yes. <laughs> they just threw in the trash and locked her in there. I don't get what the big deal is. It's the 80s. This is what you did with your kids. This is how I was raised. Uh, it's why I moved out when I was 17. So uh, the big BMX stars are in town and they're like parading. Having a BMX parade. Stupid temp. Yeah. And... Um, Here's what happens. Um, the main bad guy, Bart Taylor, he gets out of the, the, the car they're in. He just fucking stops the parade and he walks back to Lori Laughlin's car to like make out with her. And she's like, oh, no. So they're not like dating or anything. He's just like, he literally stopped the parade to go like, like fuck, I'm going to go try to make out with that girl on our bike racing team. And um, this is a recurring trend. Everyone in this movie is at a horniness at a horniness level of like one hundred fifty percent, and they yeah. don't know how to handle it. No one it's knows not, what to it's do. It's not with covered in BMXing. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? What do I this do? Was, it's not BMXing. I think also, this is my two favorite characters are about to show up. <laughs> yes. Uh, are you talking about the twins? Yeah, the better, Tomax be. and Zomot of this movie. <laughs> yeah, they, later on, even, they wear matching tracksuits that look like Cobra costumes. And they're I can not even tracksuits. They have like villainous shoulder pads. They yeah. wear like fucking Martian uniforms. It's exactly are, what Tomax and Zomot would wear to the prom. They're just it Tomax is, and yes, Zomot. It is ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, the, the bad guy stops the parade to go try to make out with Lori Laughlin. She says no, and he's like, oh, we got to get this girl off the team because she won't have sex with me. And so you're like, wow, this really sucks. Like, um, yeah. But that, I think, is the most severe sex crime in the movie, which is a lot. That's a very positive thing you could say about an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Crew also stops the parade to help a lady like get her car through. And he actually seduces Lori Laughlin by like giving her bedroom eyes from uh, outside. So that woman that's... was clearly not given the right dialogue or not given any dialogue. So she had to improvise it because what she says is like, I have to get home. This is so un-American. Can you help me? <laughs> that's what she <laughs> says when they, to the parade. This is so un-American. Can you help me? <laughs> Did... Yeah, she doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. Was it just my copy that I was watching? Because I got this from, I rented this on YouTube. But like, was the ADR horrible on yours? I don't think I noticed. No, like, mine was mine, fine like, because I didn't okay. pay for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking lesson. Yeah. <laughs> That's American. That is American. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Uh, it cuts next to high school. Crew is, I think, 
I looked him up. I think he was 25 years old when they filmed this movie and does not pass for a high schooler. I yeah. Why does he all. have a paper route? Again? <laughs> every, <laughs> it was like every, immediately from the first scene, you're like, wait, hold on. He's like 30. What's happening? Why do we have every like several teen, of those guys are like 30? Every teen in this is by like CW standards, even pushing the limit of being a teenager. There's several right. kids with mustaches during this high school dance. Like full mustaches. Yeah, like full yeah, they, cop mustaches. Not like, like a mustache that has seen its partner die. Like Rick Rude yeah, mustaches. <laughs> they're bringing like their 10 year olds to high school. Like, yeah. it, it, they're very, like the girl that he has a crush on, he's doing tricks for. She's at least 35 years old and very braless. Uh, and his <laughs> tricks are so fucking sweet and she just ignores him. She has no interest. See, I thought in that was like, the only realistic part. Yeah. The only realistic, realistic part of this movie is that he's doing all of his tricks. He's like, hey, Katie. Hey, Katie, look at this. Katie, isn't this one cool? She's like, oh, my God, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Get a car. Stuff. <laughs> right. She, it's like not even an option. She's like, I'll pick you up on my bike. She's like, uh-huh, whatever. Fuck off. Like, she doesn't even have contempt for him. She, like, barely knows who this guy is. Well, you and- did offer to pick her up on your bike, which is it's shown earlier. He gives a ride to his little sister and she barely fits. His eight-year-old sister like barely fits on this bike. Yeah, it's He's not like, yeah, work. grown woman, just hop on the back. She's like, I gotta pick up my grandkids. I can't fucking ride your bicycle to prom. I'm on my way to a divorce. Just <laughs> not gonna BMX on the back of a BMX up to my divorce. <laughs> so we have another town council meeting already. Uh, in Act One, there's two town council meetings. Uh, there will just, be more. Just to show that all the local politics are tied up in Helltrack. Like, there's a lot riding on this for the mayor. Uh, they're now at the high school dance. Like, all of the main bad guys in the town council, they're here Which, at the who high school are, dance. Again, like 80. They're yes. not like they don't, their kids, their yeah. grandkids aren't here. They are from out of town and they are hanging out at a high school dance. Getting tore the fuck up. Getting fucking drunk. They spike the punch. It's yeah. a crazy decision. Why are they Party. there? There's no reason for them to be there. It's I love every it. businessman in this movie looks like an actor from Unsolved Mysteries in a segment about a businessman that was murdered. Like they're <laughs> the most seedy looking 80s business goons, and they're all just <laughs> hanging out in this high school like perverts. It is ridiculous. Yeah, this is how like you would depict embezzlement in like a silent movie. You would just yeah. show one of these guys rubbing his hands. You'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. I sort of took it that this is what Hal Needham does when he has some downtime. He just goes he just, to high school dances with some friends and just gets tore up. Well, I'm 82. I'm going to get drunk at the prom. And all the kids are just not even going to bat an eye at it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so now the bad BMX guys show up to the high school dance and they look rad as fuck. Uh, like Tomax and Zaymont are. Yeah, matching suits. And they start doing. Uh, a dance routine that a carefully choreographed carefully yeah. choreographed uh i don't want to make it sound too good it actually looks more stupid and corny every time i watch this movie I, I, I feel like at one point i was like this is fine but um it is i would say by most people's standards very whack uh my but exact note extremely sucks ass everyone is bad at dancing <laughs> that is my yes, little they're very very bad at dancing it's see my notes were all about how erotic it was it's so fucking hot. Well, they it's do completely specific. double team. The twins double team that lady in like in mime form. They just 
Yeah, yeah. you try grind to on her from both sides. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much like an interpretive dance of the Eiffel Tower. It's right. the then they crouch dance. down. Everyone's too yeah. horny and they don't know what to do with it. And they do this weird dance that was really just like an 80s thing where you just mimicked humping with like weird shoulder mm-hmm. shrugs. Like it was like yeah. in every type of weird shitty 80s video. It's not but good. all prepared, all, all carefully prepared and yeah. rehearsed ahead of time. And all of the kids fucking love it. Yeah, they love super this. Into it. Mm-hmm. They came Even in and shoved adults. everyone off the dance floor. They're like, get the fuck out of here, nerds. And like, Jesus, that's really hostile. But I guess we'll let it pass since this this is sweet. This whole routine, this is not weird and insane. Uh, there, there was a part I really liked where they surround the girl and uh, they the twins and they one gets in her crotch, one gets in her ass and they kind of peek at each other off to the side and they do that three or four times uh-huh. and then they give each other five. And that was like the whole routine. I'm like, that's that's sweet yeah. as hell. See, uh, one of them mouth kisses a strange girl from the from the side, and uh, it's in the choreography of... too. That that yeah. now yeah. I mouth kiss one of the strange women that will surely be there. And note <laughs> earlier during their parade, they were calling every single woman in this town ugly. So right, right, but now they're drunk. So yeah, <laughs> the sexual energy is just coursing through them. Like you'll bang a four. At this, at this, when it's this hot, um, and they don't really clarify exactly how old these people are, because clearly they're old enough that this is their professional jobs, and this is a high school. Right. Yeah, they're not in high school. Yeah, this is that weird yeah. '80s thing where like 22 year old dudes were dating 16 year olds, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is fine." You're right. And there might be more than just the one sex crime I mentioned. Yes, um, <laughs> but <laughs> now comes what I think is. Probably one of the best scenes of the 80s. If you said pick five scenes from the 80s movies, uh, it's going to be hard to push this out of my top five. If you said pick the most 80s movie scene of all time, there's no question it's number one. Crew and Lori Loughlin come in. Crew's the main good guy. They come in and they start just slow dancing on their BMX bikes to send me an angel. Uh, I see, I love the start of caps, this scene. In all caps, I just put, they fuck with oh, yes. Yeah, I have that too. And- like this is... This is how this BMX movie in this BMX town where everybody can only think about BMX, they don't know what fucking is. They don't know what human fucking looks like. Yeah. So the way that they interpret that is this. It's, mm-hmm. it's BMX dance fucking, which this is. bike fucking is. The sure. level of horniness in this scene of them doing their bike montage with each other is on par of like when you were a teen and you were watching a movie with your parents and an actual sex scene came on and you were uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you watched that scene with your parents as a teen, you'd have the same level of discomfort there. It's my mom aggressively my horny. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is this what BMXing is? <laughs> ah! It's BM triple X, pretty much. So yeah. There's a part where where crew jumps up on the railing and he's bouncing up and down on the That snap bike. zoom to her yeah. face. Oh, and Lori so Laughlin good. just can't believe it. Like she like her panties are crawling off her ass. Oh. <laughs> Like they slow how... zoom and like put her in focus in the background with her jaw yeah. dropping. It's just like, like she is just discovering sex. Yeah, that's the money shot of the a man bouncing sure. on his bike on a balance beam. It's the most powerfully erotic thing she's ever seen. Also, the DJ is clearly like planned for this because he has a whole lighting routine set up. Like there's yes. There's, like yeah, at the start he says, planned. "Could could yeah. it be she and Bart are gonna bicycle boogie for you?" Yeah. Like, yeah. He this knows is not the, the first time it has happened in this town. Yeah. There's a term. 
if I was the DJ and I, I guess I was a, a DJ in high school, I would have probably said on the mic, what the fuck, what the fuck is going on? But this guy's like, oh, here we go with the bicycle boogie. They're doing routine number three. Which is, which is slang for sex in this bicycle yeah. town. They absolutely call it the bicycle boogie. Let me turn off my mic so I can masturbate. <laughs> which is that little hopping move they all do. That's how they masturbate in this town. Yeah, there's just so many uh, tire track burns on people's genitals in this town. So that entire montage at the start was just like 18 kids masturbating. This is highly inappropriate. Exactly. <laughs> what a scene, though. God, just, God I mean, damn. We're ma- it sounds like we're making fun of it, but it is truly erotic and awesome. And it goes on for... It's not like a 30-second thing. Like, the other dance was like a 30 seconds long. This is at least four minutes of this oh, yeah. entire yeah. fucking scene. It just keeps going on and it never Vaseline ends. lenses, slow motion. It's all just like abstract. <laughs> it's it's artful. It is artful pornography is what it is. Exactly. Uh, Lori Laughlin transforms into Joy Ramone a couple times because they couldn't get like uh, a pretty <laughs> female stuntman. <laughs> there are times where stunt dude is a literal dude and just with a yeah. terrible wig. <laughs> they couldn't they find mind. a woman like, yeah, who sure. rides a bike. Throw them in. <laughs> like no women ride bikes in the eighties. <laughs> I guess. I guess yeah. not. No. But they. Um. It works. Uh. They fall in love. Uh. So the next day they they go on a nice date. Uh. She teaches him how to do a backflip. Uh. And she gives him a good practical tip. She's like, you gotta let your head lead the way. Uh. Stop trying to you know backflip with your body. And then she makes him remove the mattresses because he's going to wipe out if he hits mattresses with his tires, right? First time he tries it, just fucking eats shit. Paralyzes himself. Over rotates. <laughs> smash. He should be dead. Right on his back. It's like Mick Foley getting <laughs> He, he also claimed. Cage. He was like, no, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah, he should have shot a tooth through the top of his mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he survives. And then he lands it. And uh, they go log fluming. And they talk about their future. Okay, do they call um, that? Wait, I swear to God, I didn't have closed captions on. Do they call that ass sliding? They call it ass sliding, they, and that lake looks so do. filthy. I have a note that just says everyone has UTIs right now. It's 100%. yes, it's it a filthy like lake on a, a, like an abandoned body logging would be flu. found in. Yeah, this is where this is <laughs> where Laura Palmer's Almost body so. was discovered in Twin Peaks. A logging town, one body. I mean, there are bodies there every day. That's like the BMX coroner. BMX is up and just drags them out. I can't believe they called <laughs> it. I, I was hoping I wasn't right. They call it ass sliding. It is absolutely ass sliding. And then later in the movie, he says, "Man, I wish I could just go ass sliding with you right now to yep, say how he sure does is. say." And I, I have it in my notes. Like, check this. We need to check this because <laughs> he sees he sees her like is so in love, and it's like we need to go ass sliding. Like, that's fucking. The filthiest goddamn thing I've ever seen. It's fucking, yeah, say that again, naughty boy. Uh, <laughs> so, Lori Laughlin tells him that he could just take the SATs another day like a like a sane person. She's kind of the voice of reason in this movie. Uh, right, and it turns out he can't. Like, you're like, can't. no, no, she must be misunderstanding. But it turns out the entire stakes of this movie are that he has to decide between taking his makeup SATs so he can get into college or this one-time $10,000, potentially $100,000 prize BMX competition. He's like, oh, he's got to decide between his future that he's planned for and the future they want, want him to have. And then she says, well, can't you just take him again a couple months from now? And I then he asks his mom, and she's months. like, oh, yeah. Is it like, 
isn't it like six weeks from now or something? It's, it's, just, it's six like a nothing amount of time. Months. Yeah. But she, well, she introduces the, like, the concept of like, you could just do that some other time, right? And he's like, holy shit. Oh, fuck. That can't be right. I'm going to ask my mom and he tells his mom, she's like, what the fuck? Are you? <laughs> that's totally right. And then all of the sticks are gone and it's never mentioned again. Right. You know? There's so, also a very awkward makeout scene with them on the lake, which is oof, just again. Yeah, when no they're not on bikes, full of tetanus. In this. Yeah. Full of tetanus, just straight up making out. In her now filthy tracksuit, which she used to go ass sliding. Okay, well, the thing about ass sliding is where I'm from, you call it log fluming. When you say ass sliding, you could mean several things. One of them, of course, is log fluming, but most of them are fucking mm-hmm. on a bike. Is log fluming, like, was that a thing that you guys did? I don't think everyone went down a log flume. In the uh, Pacific Northwest? Absolutely. Well, everybody okay, log flumed I'm all the time. I'm from Chicago, so I'm not <laughs> familiar with that at all. So, yeah. I mean, the terminology did vary town to town. We called it ass ripping. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we, we, you would say to, like, your girlfriend, do you want to go rip some ass? And she would be like, yeah. Mm. And that, that's how you knew you were in love. Yeah. Nice. We call that forest penetration. Uh, you did it on a bike, but like, so they, in the qualifying round, they send the kids to this park and, uh, it's just this maniac track where there's like these muddy stone steps that the children all go down together. Most of them should be dead, but crew survives. He makes it through three heats and, um, each of the heats, they play the same song from the intro, break the ice. It's very, very. I thought strange. they play "Thunder in Your Heart." I thought they play "Thunder in Your Heart," and I'm pretty sure they do because my notes just have in all capitals "Thunder in Your Heart" times three. Uh, I think those might be lyrics I from "Break." I think they the switch ice. it for the last race. Maybe it's oh, just yeah. it's amazing yeah, to me right. that they show that they're like, okay, well, the way this works is there's going to be three of these races, and then they show every yeah, one, and like the again. point of the competition is that it wears you down from like your endurance since you have to race back to back. And they're like, I want the audience to really feel that. So we're just going to show this whole process over and over again. Oh no, that point of that is because they needed to stretch the runtime to a feature length film. Like, Oh yeah. It's clear that they had no script parts for there. So they're just like, let's just show the exact same race three times. And just every (laughs) other biker. We're going to barely make it to an hour 30. We've talked about how, What's his name? Crow? I keep forgetting the main character's name. Crew? Crew. Yeah, Crew. Crew looks like he's 30, and so does Bart. But every other racer that they bring from out of town looks like they're 45 in yeah, Crow right. Rollers. They are so fucking old. <laughs> well, they're actual professional BMX riders that they yeah, staffed with like clever cameos. So many of them, I mean, they're probably realistically like mid-30s, but have spent their entire life just out in the sun crashing their face into gravel yeah as, as, their, as we all did during their introductions my notes just reads every single one of these bikers died of cocaine within three years because that is yeah. the exact yeah. case that they have there's so much cocaine involved I, in the production of this film i didn't look up anybody because i knew they would all have sad endings <laughs> yeah i looked up uh hollywood mike madama i think his name is uh-huh uh, because in the final race, he's used as like a Hollywood Mike Miranda is his yeah. name. And he's used as like a, a foil because he just keeps crashing and eating shit. And he's so bad. And yeah. the announcer is like, oh, he crashed again. Turns out he's a real guy. So what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah, all those guys are they're playing themselves. How did you get anybody's permission to just <laughs> slam slam mongoose, slam the pro migrator who agreed, who agreed to be yeah. in this? Hollywood this is like, Randy just eats so much shit. It's just, hey, we were going to make a movie about BMX and how much everyone involved in BMX fucking sucks ass. Like, <laughs> you're wildly corrupt and you're going to be our sponsor, whether you like yeah. it or not. Well, I have it on my notes that after Crew qualifies, he goes home and his mother says, you defied me. <laughs> and she carries with her the anger of one million betrayed lovers. Like no one told her what kind of movie this was. And so she is just like always having her heart broken. And he's, he gives her a passionate speech about mom, biking is my life. And I fucking won $10,000 today and I'm the best and everyone's cheering for me. And the whole town is behind me and it does not move her. She simply adds it to her pain. It's one more burden for her to carry. Until he says, plus I can take the SAT again in a few months. And then she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It is. The quickest it turn in favor. Like, oh. <laughs> because he's right. And she's like, oh, I, I must have been confused about the stakes here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you, fine. Fine. Sorry. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think she still made the choice that this is the most pained character that's ever been. Uh, but anyway, crew the next day gets ambushed by the BMX crew's um, I guess the ladies, I guess you'd call them like on retainer prostitutes that they have these girls. Let's be tasteful. That, they're, they're big shot BMX skanks. Okay. BMX skanks. That seems fair. So they're, they offer to just like have casual sex with crew. And he's like, ah, I got to go to work. But then he gets an offer from Duke best. Uh, and they offer in the was, creepiest I'll give you a bunch of money. Possible. Yeah. Like he, come he in says, my hey, car. Kid. Hey kid, come in my car. Hey, come on, come here. Talk. It's the worst stranger danger you've ever seen. Yes. Hey, kid, yeah. do you like penises about penises? <laughs> so, Why don't you do that thing where you just hop up and down on the front tire? <laughs> he, he, he offers him money to throw the race, and Crew's like, no. And he's oh, like, is oh, that what that was? I yeah, thought he, he just offered him money for like a sponsorship or something. No, it's made clear that, uh, that he, he, made, he, he said, I'm going to pay you to, to, to not win. And he explains like the whole scheme. He's like, I want Bart Taylor to win so that we can sell Bart Taylor products. And he's like, nope. And then they they go to the final race and the evil bad guy, show, the henchman shows up with like a little rule book that he carries around. He's like, no sponsor, no racy. <laughs> uh, and so and he says added, that several times. He calls yes. that makes it that means it's not like a, a mean thing that he says. He actually calls the race racy. Racy. Yeah. Every must, time he, he says it, he goes. No more racy. We're not going racy today. Do you want to go racies? <laughs> Could you just say race? Uh, look, Hal, my character, I think he would say racy every time. All right, fucking, I don't know. I'm, I'm a stunt guy and not a director. I made a rocket car. It broke the sound barrier. Yes, Hal, <laughs> we all fucking heard about that. Uh, so, so they added Sent me back rule. in time, it did. <laughs> Here to warn you. Why won't anybody listen? This is the ninth time I've directed the film Rad. Hell yeah, no they call it 9-11. <laughs> yes, no. we've heard about the 9-11. <laughs> uh. There's some real darkness with the people running this race. Like, I feel like at least one of them has killed a child at some point involved with, yes. like, the racing scandals. <laughs> They're all real jaded. Yeah. Like, BMX, the the BMX life has worn them down. You can't even start a race without a human sacrifice. That's... 
Helltrack bylaw number 815.5 alpha. But there is there is a little hope because they, they tell him that bullshit sponsorship r- rule and the uh, the grumpy 80-year-old man who was also an expert BMX track designer mm-hmm. in his all-tweet outfit overhears it and gives a slow shake of his head. Yep. Like the love is of a, sport I, is overpowering him. This is an excellent time to point out something I noticed about this movie, that at this point in the movie, every conversation we see, uh, after it's over, it cuts to someone listening and they're very, very upset about it. And it's the only movie where everyone knows who the bad guys are and starts immediately saying like, oh, no, no, I don't want to be a part of this. Whereas most times it's like, I'm the evil tycoon and I'm going to take over this place and turn it into a parking lot. He's always got like 20 henchmen. They're like, yeah. But in this movie, every single person who hears the plan is like, no, 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 that's fucked up. No, I'm, I don't want any part of this. And they never yeah. set that up because up till now you're like, yes, this is a BMX town with BMX workers living a BMX life. Surely this will all turn on the BMX company. But then after like the, the midpoint turn here, it's just like everybody's everybody acts like you would maybe really act if somebody was trying to like fuck up a kid's competition. Right. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. What? Don't do that. The, I don't know if it's now or after he tries it a second time, but the cop's face when he hears this bullshit is just incredible. He's like, yeah. nope, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, a long I'm zoom where he just down. shakes his head. Yeah. Even Can't believe cop it. is a good guy in this movie. Uh. So Laurie explains to him what a sponsor is because crew does not know what a sponsor is. I guess he's like never heard of it. I guess he thought all the other racers really liked Pepsi or whatever. Uh, so like, so he goes, hey, right oh, on. No. I like Coke she, too. She straight up points out Coca-Cola. Like this is a Coke. Movie. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. right. He so races he races for, for Coke, huh? Oh, I think I start from the beginning, Laurie Laughlin. Explain finances to me. You're so uh, fucking lucky you bike so hard. So they... Uh, Hatch a, a scheme to sell shirts and help he his own sponsor. So obviously, duh. Like, oh, I don't have a sponsor. Wait, I do. It's called fucking my little sister's t-shirt shop. Who fucking called fucking anything? Together. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they start a whole t-shirt making operation where they trade homework fraud for labor. So they're like, hey, we'll help you with your homework if you go make t-shirts. And uh, I mean, that's a very '80s thing to do. It seems like quite a crime looking at it now, or at least unethical, I- but. I don't see why they included that. Like if the whole point is that the town's rallying against him, you think they yes. would just want to help to help sure. instead of being bribed. It's And it doesn't right. come back up in any scene after that, that they were using the homework. It's just a strange. I, I was so immediately sure when they introduced the sponsor thing. And I was like, Oh, the restaurant he works at is there for exactly. no reason. Like they're going to sponsor or the newspaper <laughs> or anything or literally any business could just be like, Hey, yes. but no, got to start a new yeah. business. Yeah. And then uh, in the middle of making these t-shirts, they spank his sister. Yes. Not yeah, just him, the... but like three other women and children just spank his sister in the middle of high school. Playfully. Yeah. Playfully in a in a fun way which is I guess hmm. cool in the hmm. 80s. If I was editing this movie onto a Blu-ray, I would consider taking that out. Be like I think the movie's better without the uh, spanking the child. No, I don't think no. you should have strangers' hands on your little sister's butt and then claim you're the good guy. No. That's, I, I don't know. Very weird. It's This is after he had thrown her in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess comparatively, the trash can was, was okay. I guess it's okay yeah. if you lock your kids in a trash can all day. But the spanking. I think 
here's uh, consider this for a second. What if you cut the little girl out from the movie entirely after the trash can, add some ADR dialogue of of the mom saying, I can't believe you killed your sister. And then like, that's just how you get her out of the movie. Or you cut all of that. And then at the end, you cut back to the trash can and have her just going, hello, can I come out? And that, I'll you be, I'll that be good this time. Friend. No little sister, no racy. And they're like, oh no, <laughs> we've got to bring our sister back to life. Okay. This is becoming a really good movie. Um, they go back and use this, the rule. They just, Every time he comes back with something, they come back. That guy comes back with the rule book and tells him he can't racy because <laughs> they've just added a new rule to the rule book and that you it has to be a company book, with so that fifty thousand. That means they've printed it out every single time they've changed the rules. Just hand drawn in the margins. Freaking... Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever asked to see it. It's probably just fucking two hundred blank pages. Because he does declare the next one is, I wrote this down, Helltrack Bylaw number 812.3 Bravo. And that implies a whole lot of fucking bylaws. Yeah. Uh, and the new rule is that your sponsors have to have $50,000 in sales. And they only have about $480 in sales. And so they're far off. So uh, Bart, uh, it gets pulled out of a fist fight for the second time in the film. Uh his little sister actually kicks the shit out of the henchman. And uh, now they, at the end of the scene, they cut to Bart. I have that in my notes where this is another scene where everything happens. And then it, it pans over to someone looking very, very disappointed in it. Yeah. And the and, main bad guy of the film now is just like, Oh, that's fucked up. Right. This is a race for kids. Yes. So now everyone in the town hates the bad guy. The only bad guys now are the main one and the henchman. Everyone else is solidly against them. Even the evil BMX biker, even the cop, even the town council, even the grumpy old man who hates Certainly the grumpy old man who hates kids, even though he designs epic BMX bike tracks. (laughs) Tom will never get over that. (laughs) And I love this scene where at the end of that, where the henchman gets fucking beat up by a little girl. They get humiliated by the entire town. Their scheme is falling apart. He goes, we really told them boss. And, (laughs) And then this is when they pan over to the cop and the cop sees this and he's like, nope, I disapprove of whatever's happening in this movie. No. It's just great so, face yeah. acting right there. Yes, just. 100%. Uh, Crew has a moment of weakness here where he's like, oh, fucking money runs everything. I should just give up and should have sold out. And uh, Lori Laughlin immediately abandons him. Here's like one sentence out of his mouth and doesn't say like, dude, get it together. Just fucking runs out on him. Uh, but they fix it in the next scene because he's a perfect paper boy. Uh, he doesn't do any more trespassing or vandalism. He, he's just a good paper boy. And beats and his he, record. He was trying to go for a record yep. the whole time. And he yeah. found out the secret to beating that record was just to not do all of his wacky bullshit. And this is the first time that occurred to him. Like if I, if I just ride straight out and I don't like have, have some wackiness in a lake and have some wackiness with like a, an active fire, if I don't burn down, that orphanage, then right. uh, I can make it in record time. And it works out and it wins yeah. his girl back. Uh, they have another town council meeting. And in this one, everyone's mad that they muscled the local kid out of the race. They're like, hey, God damn it. You, you keep making up these bylaws right in front of everyone's face to specifically make it so this kid can't race. Uh, this drama would take an hour to explain to someone if they didn't <laughs> know what was going on. And everyone in the entire town is like, uh, fully aware of it. Like they're, they're all so involved in this. The Sarge actually gives a speech about how like it's fucked up and they should let the kid race. And so 
they solve the problem not by like forcing them to change the bylaws, but by saying, okay, fine, let's raise $50,000. And they almost do. They raise like $25,000, $26,000 in this room of 10 townspeople. And I don't know if you've ever seen a city council meeting, but these are not people with $1,000 each in their checking accounts. Like these are this is, fucking crazy people. This is 80s money too. Yes. That's $10 million today. Yeah. <laughs> Like fully, ha- fully half of this movie by this point has been either slow motion shots of people on BMX bikes or careful town council meetings about BMX. <laughs> <laughs> and every single, like I mentioned this, every single character hates Duke Best now. Like, like the scheme is out. Everyone knows what he's doing. They're like, you're trying to make this local kid come in second. So your guy wins. So you can sell stuff. But like, I don't think that's going to work because we all know what you're doing. And like a random bike race is fine. Like if someone wins a random bike race, hooray. But a scandal where someone is fixing a little kid bike race is so much more interesting than that. So this guy can't get away with this. It's done. The scheme is dead. Even if the, his guy wins, it's like, yeah, he won that fucking fixed race. That's the only thing people know about this race is that it's fixed. Um, I guess that's my point is that the, the, the plot has completely fallen apart. And uh, the, the grumpy old man gives Duke Best the first of two fantastic middle fingers. I have that in my notes. If you watch Rad, there are two moments where uh, uh, Ray Walston, as the actor's name, he flips off Duke Best. And it's just like, how is this not the meme we use to communicate with each other every day? He really goes for it. It's just, fuck yeah, you, full evil BMX. Evil BMX manufacturer, fuck you. I'm going to go re- shred my fucking custom-made track that I made just for getting out my emotions. I really wish the movie was him saying, like, fuck you, I'll do it myself and entering the BMX race at the end. God, that'd be so good. Cut to the same stunt person in, like, a gray hat, gray wig and hat. Yeah, he's still in the tweed suit the whole time, just doing backflips Absolutely has to be. Yeah. How satisfying uh, would that have been? <laughs> Just, oh, I'd love that. Uh, and we covered it once before, but I do want to reiterate that Lori Laughlin, at some point in this big race, runs up in her V-neck skin-tight bike outfit right as he's about to go on, and he's, and crew looks at her and says, God, what I wouldn't give to go ass-lighting with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't say that? Like, all I have in my notes is Lori Laughlin in a racing jumpsuit, capital letters, yes. Like, that's just, I was strongly in favor of it. Uh, I know she's a terrible monster, and obviously, if if she's a wealthy white woman who got arrested for college admission scandals, everyone who's met her must cannibal. fucking hate her. She's a cannibal. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you got arrested for that, it's really to cover up your cannibalism. We all know <laughs> right. that. But 1986, Lori Laughlin in a racing jumpsuit can get it. Uh, and by record. it, we explicitly mean ass sliding. Yes. <laughs> I don't think there's any or question about what I meant. bike boogieing. Also bicycle boogie. Yeah. <laughs> some you call it that in some regions. So all the racers give him a pep talk. She gives him a pep talk. The sergeant gives him a pep talk. Crew is fucking fired up for this race. Have a town council meeting about the pep talk. <laughs> yes. And now we uh, learn about the hell track rules. It is a giant fucking 25 foot wall that they have to drop down. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kill all of these children. If you haven't seen this movie, it really is like dropping children out of a third story window <laughs> down a wall. Like out of a helicopter <laughs> into another helicopter. It's they take like I would say immediately a warrior wall. Yes. It, it there's no way you'd get down this 
without dying unless you've done this thousands of times. Like it's just like let's let's eliminate all the all the people right off the right at the start. They take a leisurely thirty minute uh, introduction for every single stuntman. <laughs> These are all pro BMX riders, and they just—it's like a Canadian roll call. Just in my just, notes, I have that this is the BMX version of the Key and Peel college football sketch. Yes, where they just keep introducing new character after new character with ridiculous names. Like, yeah, they get stupid. Hollywood Mike Miranda, though, Hollywood. is fucking solid. <laughs> Hollywood so Mike good. Miranda, who just spends the entire race eating shit and getting called out for it. <laughs> He's wearing pink, too. I, it should be made clear. He, his racing suit is pink. Yeah. Which, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Uh, so crew worked with a guy named Bob, who he called Blob, uh, who's just sort of a piece of shit from earlier in the movie. And he is trying to brag about how he knows crew during this race to a middle-aged Asian woman eating popcorn. He's like, I know that kid. She's like, you don't fucking know that guy. He's like, I do. I work with him. And he starts taking her popcorn. And then it just cuts as if to imply like he's going to get somewhere with this. They never readdress it, but they definitely are ass sliding somewhere. Definitely. Um, Same thing. Same thing in my notes. Ass uh, slides the old Asian woman. (laughs) Uh, Crew's mom is in the crowd. Certain she's about to watch him die. Bring in that same energy, that whole like, oh my god, I'm, I'm surrounded by so much. Death. Well, then they reveal the wall, and you're like, oh, yeah, she's Talia, right to be worried. Yeah, Talia Shire's entire character art is just hers from like Rocky movies, telling him that he can't win, and then coming in yes. at the end for the fight. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very easy walkthrough of a movie for Talia to do. Yeah, nothing but she's known nothing but sadness, and she's watching it happen more and more. Uh, it's her future. It's her past. Uh, but the cereal, the cereal bowl in the race uh, is is pretty cute. It does nothing to take away from her despair. But there is a but giant big ass cereal bowl. In they the have a kicks bowl race. that they have yeah, to. I wrote, imagine dying in a kicks bowl. There's some really close calls with that kicks yes. bowl when they you do bash the your head on the corner. There's some guys who are just getting wiped the fuck out by that fucking because you yes. To explain the kicks bowl, the kicks bowl is about the size of like a relatively big kiddie pool. And yeah. there is a giant fake spoon that they ride off of, which right. just like a so plank. many people eat shit. A, a single file plank for like 15 bike racers. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So they all have to take turns once they get to this bowl. Just concussions uh, brought to you by kicks. <laughs> uh Crew gets muscled off the track by one of the twins. That's their game plan is Bart goes in front and then the two twins, Tomax and Zaymont, it's their job to like fuck up crew and keep knocking them off the track. Uh, it is uh, comically pointless because at this point, everyone in the entire town knows what they're doing and hates what they're doing. And uh, crew does a sweet backflip to jump over this slalom part of the race. You, didn't, you know that there's a part of the hell track that's like they have to zip back and forth through these like slaloms. But I also think that there's no point to that. Like, you, it looks like you could just ride your bike straight through it. Yeah, it's that part is hilarious. But it's also there's weird because this is a movie. I don't know why they included that. But there's huge tracks of land where it's just them straight up pedaling. And it looks yeah. so funny where it's yeah. just a montage of them for like 15 <laughs> seconds pedaling as hard as they can on a BMX bike. Nobody yeah. looks cool stand up pedaling on a bike. And then if you put them all in a row, it's just. It's like an angry gang of ducks coming at you. <laughs> it's also because like BMXs are so much lower than like a mountain bike. So you're just, your knees look like you're on a tricycle. <laughs> yeah. It looks like you stole a kid's bike. 
or like yeah. your video game glitch or something. Now I'm worried um, we're going to skip over this, but when no, crew starts no doing when crew starts doing backflips and shit, the announcer says something. I don't want to step on you, but what does the announcer say? I want you to see, if you have any your notes, please. please Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> famous what? backflipper, the what? famous backflipper Hulk Hogan. I would love to see Hulk Hogan do a sweet backflip. I would I would love to see that. I don't think that happens, announcer. His, his what were you trying shatter. to say? His cartilageless knees would just fly off his legs. Like even at his prime, his knees would shatter. He had arthritis from like twenty. His doll hair flying in the room behind him as he pedals as hard as he can, and you can hear his knees grinding. Hulk Hogan, famous BMX backflipper, eat your heart out. Oh my heart! A backflip, Hulk Hogan, eat your heart out. Just <laughs> stunning writing. Yeah. Um, so Bart knocks over one of the evil twins because Bart's character arc is complete. He now is a sportsman and he wants to compete with crew one-on-one. So he, uh, he waits for crew like underneath this bridge and he's like, okay, catch up to me and we'll have a fucking one-on-one race. No, yeah, now we have a, a samurai duel of honor yeah. with our bikes. And it cuts to crew's mom and she's just so tense and, and sad and, it's so it's very tense. Uh, she's watching a war play out for the life of her son, though his soul may already be forfeit. And crew wins with a fucking three sixty, like grandstanding. Yeah, that um, was shitty. That was shitty. Crew. I wish you didn't have to do like a cool trick. That. It would have been, been hilarious. Great. Just that costs but, him the race. But it like, did make his mother crack a smile, the hardest one smile in all of cinema. Her I son knew made fifty thousand. No, oh, uh, hundred and ten thousand dollars. Plus the $50,000 that the entire town raised for him. And she's still like, God, I don't, I don't see the, the, the value of this biking. My son's number one passion and, and huge source of income. I don't know. I knew. I knew, Mom, one day I'd crack your heart with a sweet 360. <laughs> Crew has earned more money than her probable, like, maybe 10 years of employment. <laughs> and she's I would still, say ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is 80s, so yeah, probably she's, what, getting like five seventy-five an hour, I'm guessing. Like, <laughs> did they see what she did for a living in that? No, because that would involve background she was beleaguered. character stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, she, she was, was beleaguered for a living. Her job <laughs> was mom. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Bart lost everything. Um, he obviously betrayed his, uh, his team and his sponsor, and they're like, fuck you, Bart. And everyone hates him on his team, and... Then he goes your, over your history and you'll never work again. We get that old yeah. chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. Zamat and Thomas are just like, hey, thanks, buddy. Like, just, okay. His <laughs> friendships are gone. His he gave up everything for rooms. honor and then crew did a fucking 360 when he won. Yeah. yeah. He shouldn't have, like, that's the thing where that's not good sportsmanship. He shouldn't have said, hey, good race. He'd be like, man, fuck you. I, like, waited for you because yeah. I'm a sportsman and you, come, you fucking do that showboating at me. Over the finish line. Uh, but no, instead he says great race. And they're like, hey, I heard you lost your job and everyone hates you. You could always join Team Rad. And then he seems into it. And then they play the song again. The Break the Ice song for the now, fifth time. My note says fifth time, but uh, you guys easily. see one of those might have been the Thunder song. Yes, but the one, but many of the Thunder in your hearts may have been Break the Ice. It's impossible to tell. Now they I have to a theory. They into each other. Yeah. Definitely. I have a theory about the end of this movie, and here it is. See, they they both 
when they face off and they say join team red, they both grab Bart's bike and lift it in the air together. And then it freeze frames and it cuts to random shots of BMX bikers doing stunts while thunder in your heart plays. And so my theory is that them lifting that bike together counts as a high five and then a freeze frame and cuts to shots of stunts while a song called Thunder in Your Heart plays. This is a Jackie Chan movie. You're right. There is the Jackie Chan, one Jackie Chan star in it. Yeah, and and Matt Roach is there. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, this that's how every Jackie Chan movie ends. They high five, freeze frame, cut to stunts. Well, the only thing something about Thunder plays somebody eating shit in that end montage because Jackie is not above showing him get a whooping in those. Yeah, that's really what it should have been. It should have been a bunch of people dressed as Lori Laughlin, just fucking losing their teeth, getting concussions (laughs) in a kicks bowl. It should have been all the Hollywood Mike Miranda outtakes. (laughs) Just him just (laughs) crashing into walls. (laughs) (laughs) Ends ends with rest in peace, Hollywood Mike Miranda. Einstein wounded Frankfurt. Gather round the heart, younglings, to hear tell of the brave adventurers who risked everything to cast the all-powerful ring of evil King Dormare into the fires of Mount Hot Dog. These were the Supremes. Neophont, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Freefinger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, whose mind was swayed to betray the party for Dormer's ring. Alpha Scientist Job, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyron, Bim Talzer, who betrayed the party for Dormer's ring, but did later apologize. Brandon Garland, Brian Saylor, who betrayed the party for Dormer's ring and did not apologize, not even when pressed. Brianne Whitney, Brockway Loves the Meat Millie, Cyril, Chase McPherson, Chris Brower, who betrayed the party for Dormer's ring while on horseback. That's different. It's a vehicular betrayal. Curious Glare, Dan B, Dean Costello, Donald Finney, the ring betrayer, who was called that before the adventure for other reasons, but did betray the party for Dormer's ring. Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding, Fancy Shark, Hambo, who betrayed the party for Dormare's ring and then put it on. Down there. Haraka. Hot Fart. Jaber Al Aiden. John Dean, who definitely betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Holy shit. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh S. Ken Paisley. K&M. All of whom betrayed the party for Dormare's ring. Laziest Man on Mars, Matt Cortez, Matt Riley, Mike Stiles betrayed the party for Dormer's ring, 
then betrayed Dormir to the party, then betrayed the party again. Moju. Indeed. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer betrayed the party for Dormir's ring, but in a really charming way that they just couldn't stay mad at. Nick Ralston. Nick H. Ozzy Olin betrayed the party for Dormir's ring, and then proposed with it. Aww. Patrick Herbst. Rev. Rhiannon. Rich Joslin resisted the power of Dormir and stood strong. He... Hold on, I'm getting a news hawk. He has just betrayed the party for Dormir's ring. Sarkovsky. Timmy Leahy. Tostigal. Tom Sekula. Tommy G. Yosarian. And Jellaho, who did not betray the party for Dormir's ring. He asked for a necklace. For which, yes, he did betray the party.